Yeah. So I got my bow tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, happy motherfucking new year. It is a brand new episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. I just wanna say before we get started, we the only niggas. That gave y'all consistent content through the holidays. I don't know where these other podcasts went. A lot of these niggas went on hiatus. That's a fact. A lot of niggas went on vacation. Yeah, we ain't no breaks in this bitch. Yeah, we we here. And this is the first year we actually went through the whole year, bro. This is the first year we went through the whole yeah, year. No, so give no it up. Season. Give it up to us, y'all. Shit. Yeah. I yeah. don't even know when season three right. start. Yeah. But it, uh it we, don't matter. We might be going on hiatus sometime soon. So yeah. we can get season three. But, exactly. but I'm just saying. For the holidays, we was here. That's a big fact. So, uh, where do you want to start? Oh, all man moment. All home? man moment. Let me see, man. Um, first of all, I just want to say shout out to um, shout out to everybody. I was working during the holiday season, which I was one of those people. I definitely worked through New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. Mm. Um, definitely was a good call on my end not to drive the whip because when 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 I when I got out of my shift and was relieved nigga outside was a ghost town and just garbage every fucking way I was like thank god glass bottles so well, if you were in the I was in the city yeah of I think they said 57th to 34th you I couldn't was, couldn't even drive in that area yeah I was on 32nd yeah so yeah. You, you probably uh, yeah, probably, yeah it would would have would have been a wrap for me yeah. um do i have an all man moment no i don't really have an all man moment but we're not starting 2020 with the yeah with the negative yeah, negativity yeah, yeah but i just want to say you know a lot of us really need to start to buckle down if you're like you know me and my good brother xab in your 30s moving into you know what i mean like really start to start to Look at your life and be like, yo, I can't just be out here playing no fucking games because we losing a lot of young people out here to bullshit, bro. Niggas trying to kidnap chicks. We gonna, we got a lot to talk about this episode, bro. But we got to start really taking our lives more serious and not just be out here existing. We need to really be out here making some moves so that we can see decades down the road, so that we can see our kids grow up, so that we can see our grandchildren grow up. So Start to make better decisions in 2020 if you haven't already started, son. Start to really incorporate better healing mechanisms, better ways to talk to people, better ways to communicate. Because life is short, man. Life is real short, bro. That's a fact. I mean, for 2020, I'm going to stay with the positivity, too. I'm not going to. We're not going to bring it in with the all man. I don't, I didn't really, I don't think there's been much of an all man for me because I've been keeping it honestly really low Hope key. Aesthetic, yeah. yeah, I've been keeping it low key. I've been staying away from situations and people that I think bring me unnecessary drama. Right. Um, so for the most part, I ain't really, I'm not, there's no all man, but um, I think that 2020 is going to be a powerful 
year and it's going to transform into a powerful decade. I really feel like the energy is on some really it's just it just seems like there's a solid I think everybody's mindset coming into 2020 is to be focused. Maybe it's because of the symbolism behind 2020 and perfect vision and things like that and mm-hmm. the double numbers and you'll never see another double number for I think there's thousands of years or some shit like that. Um so yeah, it's gonna be a thousand years before you'll see yeah, you yeah, know yeah. another double number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before so, you'll see thirty thirty, correct. Right. So I think for a lot of people they realize what the moment is. And again, we've spoken about the collective unconscious before, which is a theory by Carl Jung. But I think that when everybody's mindset is in a positive, yo, we're focused, yo, we wanna have a lot of positive things happen for us this decade, that's what ends up happening. So um I think that everybody is there and nobody wants to get distracted with foolishness. Now, I'm sure there's going to be some silly things like always that happen. I know Uncle Murder dropped his 2019 wrap up. Yo, I he, ain't listened to it yet. Nigga. <laughs> hey, 10 minutes of savagery, Yo, boy. I heard he was bugging out. I was like, out. bro, this is like the best one ever, by the way. He's, I heard he was bugging out. He was wild. I, I was heard like, he started it off with K. Michelle Pussy yeah, Stink. Bro. Wilding. He's and, wilding. He's wilding. And he said it four times. He's wilding. Four times, bro. He's like, wilding. yo, chill. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's let's get into it, bro. What, yeah. what we got on the agenda? So uh, Julian Castro drops out of the race. Well, I don't really feel like that's a fucking no-brainer. I mean, <laughs> we see what's really... The, the, the tide has shifted ever since... Uh, 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 Kamala, yeah, Kamala Harris. I was like, yeah, shit going down here for a few people that niggas was like, eh, nah, no, it's not a surprise to me. Julian, right. Julian may have a future um, in politics in but terms of the presidential, just not races, right this second. But yeah, I mean, he couldn't get no traction. <laughs> right. The next one we might hear is Cory Book- Booker. I feel like Cory Booker might Corey, be next kid. Cory might be one of the. My next money's ones. on the Asian dude. To be honest, I'm gonna be keep it a stack. He, I'm, I don't, I, I. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but like I said before, I think right. that there's going to be a little bit of a wait. Well, he did. He had like two weeks where the media was kind of on right. him, but I, he didn't really get any traction. I don't want to hear Cory Booker out of the race only because I know he's not going. He's not. I don't right. think this is his year, but then it starts to really look like an all-white cast of, of niggas, mm. and I ain't really trying to see all that. Tulsi Gabbard then shot herself in the foot. Like four times, so mm. I don't really see her going anywhere now. I think anything she does now is just for her, her profile, her political profile, her national okay. profile. Castro's the same thing. I feel like he was working on his national profile um, after a while, but he's gone, and uh, we we gonna see. I'm kind of happy though that this shit is narrowing down because I don't. We need to start seeing where this is going. Who's gonna be going up against uh, tyrant Trump and See how we're gonna get this thing moving. So, right. Julian, you had a good fight. You started out swinging, um, but it's over, buddy. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Corey might be one of the next names that we hear. Um, one of uh, I don't think Tulsi's giving up anytime soon, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if when she she's out of here. Like, there's no question she's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, Julian. We we gonna see you doing your thing, brother, and uh, that's that. John Lewis. Now, before before I talk about John Lewis, how the fuck? I don't even. I, was it? So I read this. I think CBS fucked it up. How in the fuck 
did CBS confuse the dude who just passed away with John Lewis? You know the other guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, His name is really not... Uh, chair, uh, R.I.P. Elijah Cummings. I was like, wait a minute. We know black people look alike. Every, but nigga, John Lewis is still here. This dude passed the other day. Yeah. What the fuck? Yo, bro, I'm like, you're a news public kid, bro. When I read that, I was like... Yo, they really be fucking with us, bro. That ass, bro. That shit was mad disrespectful. Mad disrespectful. Yeah, and shout out to John Lewis, who has announced that he has pancreatic cancer. Right, man. So a him pancreatic, and, I'm sorry. Him and pancreatic. Alex Trebek, boy, that shit is wild. Well, pan- the thing about pancreatic cancer is it's very aggressive, and like it's a high mortality rate. Like right. Death is usually associated with it, and I, I guess it's because it's one of the harder ones for doctors to figure out. So, so that means this is harder than prostate. Pancreatic and pro, yeah, they're they're, so they're like both almost, of them. Yeah, both of them prostate, are hard to yeah, deal my with. My uncles have those, and them shits are really aggressive, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I lost my grandfather to cancer this year, so right. cancer is definitely one of those things. It's a savage, yo. And I think with with that experience, I didn't know how a like you hear about cancer coming on and someone be taken out really quickly, but just watching it is like it's it's just. It's just a weird situation to be in because you see this person and one year they're fine. And the next year you hear that they have cancer. And then six months after that, or not even, maybe a month after we found out he had cancer, he was in the hospital. And three months of that, he looked like it wasn't going well. And then he he was gone like seven months later from diagnosis. So it's it's like cancer is really one of those things that you kind of just you hear about it but you don't really know about it until you experience it in terms of seeing a family member go through that process so uh prayers definitely go out to john lewis obviously one of the civil rights symbols yeah a major this piece man of march that. with dr king march with dr king Come got on. attacked by dogs yeah, got like, hosed down survived all of that and became a senator and not only the senator, but one of the the heads of a committee. Right. So you know, R- this, yeah. yeah. Not, not no no RIP. Yeah. Yet. No. Yeah. No RIP. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully but. not. I really do hope that they um in in terms of his situation, I always feel like sometimes when you're an older person and you get a disease, people are always thinking, well, you know, it's gonna aggressively kill you off anyway because other things in your body are shutting down. But I feel like at the same time, because you're an older person, I feel like they like. The, the the doctors and whoever is trying to help alleviate the situation, they figured out a way with his generation. These are the things that we can take into consideration in trying to help slow this shit down, if not trying to eradicate it mm-hmm. immediately. Because all of the people that have had this disease, all of these years with all of these doctors and all of these people that are in these professions, you can't tell me that there's there's not something that you haven't found that's like almost a common denominator in on why it's happening and how it's happening in the body so that you can track it and slow it down so it doesn't be as aggressive as we know it can be. Yeah. There has to be something. I mean, there's ways to, to be, slow things down. And obviously with money and power, you Right, you have- yeah. Because he's in that position where he can pay for his medical bills. That's not a problem. It's how he's his body's gonna react to right yeah right that's the so, issue um we'll see yeah prayers up man. we'll see prayers up for sure um more you, bad news you you said something about death coming in threes yeah bro so um uh howard stern 
the former NBA commissioner, passed away yesterday. Oh, and, not Howard Stern. Oh, You're talking about... Um, I'm fucking up names. Shit. Oh, let me find out the commission. But I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so the former commissioner Silver. of the NBA. Not Silver. No, no, no. Um, the former commissioner of the NBA uh, died at 77 years old from a... So they said a few days before he died, he was in the hospital for a brain hemorrhage or a brain hemorrhoid. And David Stern. Yeah, David Stern. Yeah, David Stern. And um, he passed away like a few days after, like abruptly. And I was I was confused because I was like, I remember seeing him speaking on TV a few months ago when they said his last like interview on TV about the NBA was in September. So I'm like, from September to now, some I feel like somewhere within those months something was happening. Yeah, I don't I, think that was a coincidence. I mean, I think day. it's the same thing with John Lewis because his his uh, his cancer is stage four. So yeah, it think, grew right to that. I think a lot of times we just don't know. Yeah, we they, just, they yeah. keep it under wraps, and sometimes some people make a announcement like John Lewis did, and some people just rather just not put it out there. Right. And, and he obviously knew. Something was going on with him. Yeah, so R.I.P. to that man and his family. Um, I learned a lot about his life in the very fast snapshot on the news. Uh, He did a lot for basketball. He did a lot for, bro, I didn't even know, bro. And he was in basketball. I mean, he had his moments where people kind of... Was like looking at him like... Disagreed with him, but for the main part, he's the reason why basketball is so... Popular. Yeah, now yeah, one of the biggest sports yeah. to ever be in a sports franchise and in industry, yeah. right? Nice. Um, he did that. He, I didn't know that he was instrumental for helping form the women's NBA. I was like, whoa! Mm. I learned that yesterday. Um, I also learned that he was responsible for making the players at the in their prime bigger than life. So he was responsible for actually the Michaels of Jordans. He was responsible for the Larrys of Birds. He was responsible for the Magic Johnsons in terms of putting them in positions where it just wasn't basketball because. At, at at some point in the game of basketball, Magic Johnson was larger than life from the shit that I've been reading. And that's what that so larger these are the life. these are the flowers and stuff that we don't really take into account when we think about some of these people. Like as a commissioner, people have to understand you're getting hit with mad shit. There are different decisions that you make as a commissioner that affect the players and can affect how people look at them. So for instance, there's rules now about what type of shoe can be worn. While playing basketball. Oh, wow. For a long time, Jordan's, Jordan couldn't wear his shoes. Right, yeah, yeah. Because they know, had yeah. banned them. Right. So that that comes from the commissioner. Right. You know, that's part of the process within the commissioner being right. the head of the, the organization. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the decisions that he made that allowed for yeah. basketball players. Because now they can wear whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, but yeah. that allowed for basketball players to get whatever endorsements, outside endorsements, commercials, be part of this, be part of that. Those are kind of conversations that the commissioner is having about what can basketball players be a part of versus what they can't. Right. You don't really see basketball players endorsing smoking, and I can guarantee you that there is some clause in their contract that says that they cannot endorse certain David things. David Stern, bro, was the first person, according to the news yesterday, he was the first commissioner in his industry, the basketball league, he is the first one to say we need to get these people drug tested. I was like, whoa! And they get a fine if they're found smoking weed smoking and stuff weed, like right? that. Right? Well, nigga, my, nigga, this is a professional. People are paying their hard earned money to see you not fuck up on the court, nigga. So if you high, nigga, we need a fee for that. I agree, bro. So you're supposed to perform at a high, you know, level. So yeah, so 
it's a big thing when someone like that passes too. You said there's two more people. Yeah, so I don't know his name now, but he's uh, he was in the Hall of Fame. A big uh, I heard this on a jazz station. A, a big uh, a big baseball person. He passed away. Like he was very big in uh, baseball, and he mm-hmm. was like in his 80s. Um, but he passed away yesterday as well. I mean, I heard that on uh, WBGO. Big shout out to the jazz station out there in uh, uh, Newark, New Jersey, doing a good work. Uh, 88.3 FM. Um, so yeah, so he passed away. So R.I.P. to that man and everything that he did for sports co- uh, the sports culture in terms of baseball. Um, R.I.P. to that uh, brother. Um, and this one was probably the biggest shock. Ex fiance Don uh, Larson. Yeah, that's the baseball yeah, player. Yeah, that's the baseball player. Yeah. R.I.P. to Don Larson. Yeah, R.I.P. to him. Um, and this one was the biggest shocker, nigga. The ex fiance of Bobby Christina. Oh yes. 30 years old. To me, that was the biggest shot. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I saw that today. And the RIPs on, um, somebody made a, uh, there was a page and the RIPs for him. Niggas was like, yeah, fuck that, yo. They was. So there's a lot of controversy behind his name. There's a lot of people who feel like he was instrumental in A, potentially killing Whitney. Really? And B, potentially Killing Bobby Christina. But he wasn't in the hotel room with Whitney. There's some... He wasn't there. There's some conspiracy theory thing. Because she went up after like some show situation. Yeah, but there's some conspiracy theory thing where he was in the vicinity or something like that. He was around. Um, And there's like some some connection that... There was some docuseries that I was watching where they had brought up that as a uh, potential way that... Whitney died um, and then there's obviously this bigger belief that he had something to do with Bobby Christina's death um, well when she died bro she kind of died the way her mother did R.I.P. Whitney Houston and R.I.P. Bobby Christina and now R.I.P. this dude but they both found both of them in the bathtub my nigga. yeah that's why people so kind of yeah, feel it's like kinda, you know, it's a little touchy and they was going through issues prior to her death Right, Bobby Christina, which which amps up the thing because if you're in a situation where you and the boyfriend or you and the girlfriend no longer talking, and the boyfriend end up dead or the girlfriend end up dead, nigga, the last the per the people we looking at is you, you the Nick, first perp. Nick Gordon's his name, and Nick he Gordon, passed yeah. that at thirty from a drug overdose. Uh, overdose, and for me, you know, I'm not the conspiracy theorist, but for me, that's karma too. Fuck I don't that. know if it's karma because I don't know if he did it or not, but. I will say that this gives credence to the belief that he might have had something to do with those deaths. Like, why are you taking drugs so heavily that you overdose? Yeah, somebody, um, one of the comments said he he, he guilt-tripped himself out to the point where he really realized that he knew he was responsible for Bobby Christina's death, therefore he just offed himself. I mean, that's one narrative, and then right. the other narrative could be that People bullied him to the point where... Yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah, bro. Because, you know, so once people have their mind right. made up about who you are right. based off of a perception or narrative... An assumption. An assumption. Really, that turns into this big Turns into something and else. You can't, you can't control it after. Nobody can control no, it. No, and it may not even be you. This could be a whole... And I'm not defending him. I don't know him. Yeah, we, I don't we know don't much know. about him. R.I.P. to that man. We don't know you. But I do know that we get into a scary place. Where a narrative is created, and because of that narrative, it, it could be totally opposite. Matter of fact, something like that similar happened today. So I had three people ask me if I was okay. And the narrative that was created 
that I know most likely they spoke about amongst each other was that something was wrong with me. Now, I don't know where this narrative of something being wrong with me came from. I am in great spirits. I'm feeling good. Yeah, you haven't had a situation in a minute either. I'm, so. I'm not dealing with no drama, no nothing. Right, right, so right. I'm just chilling. So I'm like, this is how narratives get created, though, where it's like maybe something. And it could be me. Maybe I gave off a different type of energy that I don't know that I'm giving, and that's understandable. But that's how it happens, though. Like. Something happens, someone perceives it a certain type of way, and now there's something wrong with you. And now the narrative is, yo, now anything I might have done that I probably would have normally did, but because there's a perception of something being wrong, now now it's like, oh, he didn't say this to me because something wrong with him. Like, he and his feelings, he moody, he died. died." And it's like, nigga, I actually was fine the whole day. Like, I've been good. So I can see that being the case with a lot of situations that have happened recently where... People don't really know the people involved. And this kind of is a great segue into the Kevin Hart situation, the Kevin Hart documentary. I didn't get to watch it yet. Nigga, I saw the trailer and I saw like a clip from the trailer on, because YouTube got all this shit now. So I don't even think I'm watching it on Netflix, but <laughs> no, I'm dead ass, bro. Like mad at the shit from the thing. First of all, Kevin Hart shit. First of all, I think my opinion, Kevin Hart, and we didn't even fucking talk about this. When we did the wrap up, my brother, mm. Kevin Hart, I realistically speaking, took the decade in comedians. Oh, for sure. Took it yeah, to no, another level. No question. Another level. There's like No question. There. He's one of the shortest comedians to ever do this, but the biggest. So the oxymoron is retarded. Um, at the same time, to me, when the shit that I saw, the clip that I saw is niggas had a fight in the air on an airplane over money, bro. Over oh, I know Kevin that. Hart. I didn't know that. I'm looking at I'm looking at this nigga like, cause there was drinks involved and people were saying shit, and then Kevin Hart started fighting. I was like, yo. And then a clip that resonated with me was, and and, and I can't wait. You know, we'll talk about it with uh, Drizzy Drake. When you get to a certain level, bro, some niggas lose themselves. Drugs, money, chicks, cars, clothes. It gets crazy. I and, think it's two-pronged when you get to the top. And if you're not humble enough to really realize where the fuck you at or what you're doing, you get caught up. Some people lose themselves and other, and then for the other half of it, people want to see you fall oh, so hard. Oh, man. And I think that that's that, Drake's story. <laughs> so what I'm seeing from my homeboy was telling me to check out the yeah, documentary. Definitely gotta watch and it. I definitely will. Yeah, and one called, of the things um, that... What is it called? Uh... I forgot the, the no. Title. It got it got the word fucking. Oh, don't fuck this up. Yeah, don't fuck this up. Yeah, which is a but, wild name. So it's a docu series. I think it's eight parts. No, he said ten parts. Ten parts. Yeah. Ten part yeah. docu series, and it talks about the cheating scandal. Yo, that clip was crazy. And they that talk clip. about how they rebuilt the the marriage and how it was cold in the house for a long period of time. And his girl found out through a DM. A DM message. So not even from him. So it talks about that. And one piece of it from what my boy was telling me was that normally, so Kevin said normally he has six to seven people around him. His his normal guys that he brings out with him. And they're the ones that when he's out, keep him in check. He didn't bring anybody with him. It was a it was an audible. He called it on the fly and Ended up going out alone. You see what happens, and bro? And that's when he got caught up. You see what happens, bro? When you go against what you're supposed to not go against? You gotta, you, you, you gotta go with the gut, bro. Yeah, sometimes you gotta 
gotta know what's up and just not do it. This but I mean, I've been in situations like that. I understand him fully. Where it's just been like I hit up like three, four of my guys, and they they not able to come out, or All three, right. four of the people I normally go out with, they not able to come out, and I'm like, right. yo, fuck it, I'm gonna go out. And you end up in situations sometimes because you don't have that shield around you. Like, and sometimes that that's a mental shield in terms of you being put in situations and saying certain things and not having people there to either calm you down or, or chill out the situation. Or it could be a physical shield where it's like, you're not supposed to be in this situation. So right. and you got to go. That's a big thing that you said, because when you know you're not supposed to be in that situation, bro, when you end up in that, sh- it's like you feel like you're almost in a twilight zone. Like, I'm not even supposed like, is this real? Like, oh, I'm really in a strip club by myself with this chick. And I just made a decision that I don't know if anybody looked, but in actuality, this may fuck my whole shit up. Yeah. And then, boom, it could have. Fuck, we don't know if his wife would have said right after that, I don't want a divorce. And it's amplified when you're famous. Oh, it Because we get away with doing shit in the club. Right. Or, Mad niggas. Or quote yeah. unquote creeping or right. you're dating. You know, right. you go out with one girl this day and you don't go <laughs> and you go out with another one. Uh, no one is following us around nobody's, capturing yeah, us. Nobody's yet. 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 <laughs> but nobody's <laughs> capturing our every moment. Every like, moment. That's a fact. Yo. X was just out with this chick. Well, now he's out with, and it could have been, yo, that's just my homegirl. And the other it girl really been, actually was trying to right, smash. Right, yeah, the chick, yeah, it could have been, this is actually my homegirl, my nigga. This is actually my sister, because some niggas don't know that. Yo, oh, nigga, this could really be the main chick. <laughs> this could be the main chick. I, I cheated yesterday, though, but. I'm fucking. <laughs> We both single, so right, we right, can talk right, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, can facts, talk like that. Facts, but anyway, um, but yeah, like, it, it it could really be that. Another thing that he said was, and this is what I know you're going to love to talk about, um, is regarding the whole LGBTQ um, AI plus situation. Nigga. So that's the majority of the clips that I saw too. I hate that we've come into a society, bro, where every time you say an opinion regarding the LGBTQ, it's automatically you're against them or you don't fuck with them. But it's like, but if I'm saying I'm good, like I don't, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be involved in whatever festivity. That doesn't mean I don't like them. That doesn't mean I don't want to. But, yo, this is this is just my opinion. I don't fuck with them on that level. And now you're crucified and the whole world is like, nigga, get with the program or get the fuck out. That shit is fucked up to me. I mean, I, for me, I just, I feel like... And, then, re- and I feel like he was targeted because he's Kevin Hart. Well... And he's successful. From what your statement is versus what happened to him, I feel like there's different prongs <laughs> to it. So okay. in terms of why... What I think happens oftentimes in terms of like, if uh, opinion is different from... I guess what the mainstream opinion is or what the community says the the opinion should be has a lot to do with the fact that people are persecuted for their lifestyle. So part of it is like, yeah, you have an opinion, but this is reality. So your your opinion can't negate my reality. So you can have an opinion. I think a lot of times people don't realize that their opinion can only go so far versus... Mm -hmm. Regarding certain things, like even when you talk about race, your opinion about a certain race can only go so far before I now get offended 
by what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So if you are going by stereotypes of black people and this is what you're, you're saying is your opinion, your opinion is inherently false to the reality of the situation. And I think when it comes to the LGBTQ um, AI plus community, there are certain opinions that go beyond just your opinion. Now your opinion is A, affecting my life or a, a effect or B affecting my livelihood or B affecting how I am perceived or how I can function in society. Now that's not everything, but I think that certain opinions go that far. Now with Kevin Hart, I feel like it was an overreaction to something that he said a long time ago. Right. And once he clarified, it should have been left alone. He clarified, he apologized. Mad times. It was something that happened. If he recently said that shit, y'all would have more yeah, leeway have to free range to go and yeah. say what you got to say and do whatever. Yeah. If he said that shit like the day before y'all found out, he said it ten years ago and he apologized for it and he said that he was wrong when he about the tweet that he made. Yeah, yeah, the tweet. And right, he was right. in a different mindset, state, and whatever may have you. So at that point in time, I think that it goes against the values and the system that you're trying to prop up if you want people to accept what's happening and they're telling you yo i might have thought like that before but now 10 years later i do accept what you're telling me is your life and what is fact versus my opinion and what i have to accept as fact i'm saying okay i agree with you but now you're telling me that i should have i shouldn't be able to do this i should get the bag taken from me and i'm a terrible person off of something i said 10 years ago, but granted, the tweet was kind of, if you didn't take it as a joke and you took it as reality, saying you're going to hurt your son or your daughter or whatever because they told you that they're gay, I get it because that goes back to now you're affecting people's lives as well as people actually been through that situation. People have been through a situation where they came out to their parents and got their ass beat. Or got shunned from the family. Or got shot completely. or got killed. Right. So it's opening old wounds. And I can relate to that in terms of like certain people saying certain things. And it's like, nah, that's not funny. That's not funny because at the end of the day, that actually happened. People actually got lynched. People actually got stabbed. People, you know, the, the Laramie Project is a real thing. And that's about a young man who was gay and they killed him. I think it was in Texas. I'm not too sure. Um, but... You know, things like that are real things. So I think that that's where it becomes a tricky situation. But at the end of the day, I do feel like the overreaction hurts the cause because you want people to be allied. You want people to be able to be ignorant and you correct them and then be able to learn and grow from it. If I'm ignorant and I say something ignorant and you just make me feel like an asshole because I just didn't know that it affected you that way or that it not all this stuff is common sense especially with the LGBTQ AI plus like that is not a common sense thing. I'm sorry. Like there is some teaching that has to happen in order for people to understand fully the plight that people are going through. And that's just my take on it. Shit. I ain't got nothing else to say on that. So, so yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> but yeah, the Kevin Hart documentary dope. Um, definitely want to check it out. And I definitely think that the the main part about that particular segment that I thought was really good is they gave different segments or different yeah different segments 
of how everybody felt. Yeah, everybody's reaction was in that shit. So it was like right. his reaction was, yo, I said this shit and I'm doubling down. And then his PR was like, but you can't double down because every time you double down, you sound like you're against. And then it was someone else who worked with him was like, I felt like because I'm associated with him, now people ain't want to work with me. And then it's talking about the people who had the tweet and felt some type of way because of mm-hmm. what he said. So, like, I thought that that was dope, given those multiple perspectives. Right. Right. Because I think that's what's needed for people to understand mm-hmm. situations a little bit better. Right. So, all in all, I think it's dope. But another dope interview that came out that I actually did see was the Drizzy Drake. Nigga. First of all. Rap Radar. First of all. First of all, I shouldn't even have to say this, man. Drizzy fucking Drake, man. This nigga Aubrey Graham gives great fucking interviews. He sounds soft in his interviews, though. I ain't gonna hold you. Well, this interview, <laughs> this interview, um, to me, yo, this is crazy. As well, sorry. <laughs> um, this interview, to me, was the calmest Drake interview I've ever seen. First of all, the nigga had the interview in his crib that he said he'd been building for years. It was one of the most well put together interviews. I was like, and the those questions at rap, yo, rap and radar asked some really good. Bro, I've never heard an interviewer ask an interviewee questions the way they did. Like they really did their research on Drake, bro. From beginning Drake to now Drake. They definitely asked they did a great some job. good questions. I think I'm spoiled with the podcast setup. So I don't really like I didn't interview get, style questions. I, I didn't like how like some of it visually I was like, could, but other than that, what I appreciated the most was that he, to me, for the first time, felt comfortable being brutally honest about it. And I don't feel like he lied enough. I just nah, felt like he, he didn't keep it up. all away. He definitely he opened, opened up, up a lot, bro. But I, I just I'm at not, 33 opened up a lot. I'm not big on that that like I like candid conversations. Yeah. Now. So I like what we do. I like what... I just like those conversations that actually... Like, for me, one of the top interviews of the year um, was Joe Budden and Tory Lanez because they were kind of relaxed and it was just a normal conversation. Rap Radar, although it was definitely one of the top moments of the right, year I mean, yeah, right. Um, in terms of interviewing, yeah. I just felt like I'm... I'm not too into that interview style where it's like I ask you the question that everybody... Wants to know, and I have to leave it up to you as to how you're going to answer it. Although Drake did keep it a buck, which made it a great. Kept interview. it a buck. There's only one question I feel like he didn't really, you know. I feel like I said that's one of the que- Oh yeah, so um, one of the questions I was asked was, and it wasn't asked like this, but it was like, um, it was like a slight innuendo. I would say, did he ever feel like unsafe when he was around the whole cash money, young money, and he said he never felt unsafe. He said he always felt like he was around good people that had his back and his best interest. And me personally, I was just like, one of my best friends was blood in high school. I've been put, me personally, I've been put in situations where I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And some decisions I didn't want to make. And some shit I did and I didn't want to do it and I did it. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't blood. But I still did it because that was my best friend. I think sometimes when you're around niggas that's in that life, niggas, sometimes you now, some way, shape, or form, it's going to seep into your personality. Whether you believe that shit happened or not, when Drake first came out, Drake was making certain type of music that, mm, that's not a cash money 
um, that's not a cash money, uh, young money sound. Because when Drake first came out, young money wasn't even formed yet. It was while they was molding the nigga that young money became young money. But after a while, when Drake is on and, you know, these years go by and we grown with his music, nigga, his tone changed. Mm-hmm. The lyrics changed. Nigga, you go from best I ever had to stay scheming when the broads get when the gods get there acting like the broads to nonstop right to 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 nonstop to to what is it eight out of ten to eight out of ten to to duppy freestyle the, the your tone lets me know that there's an underlying like I feel like Drake is good at keeping his composure. But I also feel like, and he said this in an interview, he said he feels like sometimes he doesn't get the credit that he knows he deserves because he's a Jewish boy who people just, and I feel like that's, that. For, if I'm if I'm Drake, that's always going to fuck with me no matter how successful I am. I mean, you're I'm, a Jewish boy from yeah, Canada. Yeah, I'm never going to feel like I'm good enough for the black community, even though I'm putting um, Afro beats on the map, but nobody gives me credit for it. And I'm not saying give me credit, but I help usher in a new regime so that it can be worldly accepted, even though they was already doing it in Africa. I bought it on this side and we good. You know, there's but, no burner boy without Drake. Son, and this is what I'm saying. It's like, like we can keep give this stack. give give him his script, but I feel him. He's like, yo, and then the the other shit that I'm remembering now that we're talking about this interview, bro, he said some shit that I was like, yo. Do me and you think like that? He was like, yo, my peoples or my friends that I'm around every day, he was like, even some of them don't give me the credit. And I was like, that's some shit to think about, bro. Like, because I'm always saying thank you to you. And I'm always, you know, you know, saying how grateful and appreciative I am of the things that you do that y'all niggas have no idea what you do. But at the same time, I couldn't be a nigga knowing that my mans is doing something for me and I never say yo thank you I never say it where I feel like he actually knows yo I appreciate it bro I think I think the one thing with that is sometimes credit becomes su- subjective okay so it's like what you may think you need appreciation for that next person doesn't either perceive it like that mm-hmm. and it's like alright you held me down with $20 but you call yourself my brother so Yes, I do appreciate it, but do I need to keep acknowledging you over and over about the twenty dollars that you gave me? So, like, that's what I mean mm, by appreciation okay. can be subjective. Okay, and I think there are certain things that is just like, no, nigga, everybody knows you're supposed to appreciate that. Right, and there are other things where, depending, and honestly, this is part of it, depending on how you're raised, and depending on what I you perceive. I feel like that's the most important part. Yeah, depending on how you're raised, yeah. and what you perceive, and what you perceive. Certain things people just don't think they they should appreciate, right. or they, or at least they should give you the credit for appreciating. Right. I've done, I think thousands of things for motherfuckers. I've done a lot <laughs> for people. I don't like tooting my own horn, so it don't even feel natural saying that. But right. I've done things for people that I would be like, "Yo, I've changed your life," or I at least was an integral piece in helping you get on the right track. And I don't always get appreciation for that, or at least verbal confirmation or, or things like that. And that's okay. Uh, like, but I don't think people like me, you, and people who think like Drake are looking at people like, I'm going to do this for you, and then nah. I'm going to need the credit on the back end. I would never do that. Because, nigga, we talking about the same nigga who said in this interview, God's plan is his biggest record of his entire career. I didn't which even was, know that. I didn't shit. know that, which is crazy. I was like, I actually thought it was Hotline Bling, because them views on YouTube. Hotline Bling was, was until God's plan. Right. And he said, um, he said that 
you know, this is a video that the nigga gave away a million dollars throughout the whole video. Which I'm sure boosted Which that. Which I'm sure boosted the whole, because the, vid, the video was crazy, bro. Video was bananas. The video was bananas. I thought that was an ingenious idea to go to the supermarket and be like, yo, I'm buying everybody's grocery. Pick whatever you want, nigga. You not, not only do you know your bank account, nigga, you know you got it like that. Well, he I, he looked at that shit, and there's, there wasn't a million dollars worth of groceries in that spot. Definitely wasn't a million dollars worth of groceries. So even if everyone tried to buy everything in it, it wasn't enough. It still was not enough. Maybe 300K in there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was an ingenious move for sure. Right. For sure. I think, I mean, that's the one thing. The one thing that Drake said, which was interesting, is he said, not everything I do is calculated. It just so ends when, up when, happening. When he said that, I was like, word? Because, nigga, you had me befuddled. <laughs> Befooled, nigga, because I'm looking at you like, I'm, I always look at that nigga like, that's a nigga that you can't play around with because he's going to do some shit and you're going to be like, I should have never played with him. Because he took it to another level, and I, w- I was just playing, but he's not playing. I think the best <laughs> example of it is when he said he created back-to-back, and he said Serena was the one Jones. who told him, nah, you going for this bar him down shit, you got to do something that Yo. he hears everywhere he goes. I think if that's you the really first to put it to time bed. I really, I was like, wait, Serena put the battery in your back, nigga, to end this nigga meek? Which you really could have if, I feel like if, so... I feel like Drake Loki revived Meek. Because think, Drake, because remember, so after the whole beef ended, when Meek went to jail, I think Drake saw that as an opportunity to be like, free Meek. Nigga, we was all shocked. Drake saw that as an opportunity. We was all shocked. I think Drake saw that as an opportunity to end that beef. That was the, because if Meek didn't go to jail. I don't or, know if that beef would have ended, to be honest, at least that soon. That's a good hunch. If he didn't go to jail the way Meek went to jail, right. I don't know if Drake is fucking And him. if Meek didn't go to jail on that type of charge, if Meek went to jail, bro, on some rape shit, on some murder, Drake would have never been saying free Meek. Oh, for sure. For Definitely. sure, I mean, nigga. I don't so think anybody would have been saying free Meek. It's circumstantial. It just Meek so happened n- yeah. that he had that charge and it was unfair circumstances long, behind right. it. And, and the judge was acting like a dick. Yeah, and it was like, you know what? Free me. And that, I think, helped both of them. Yeah, because I also think for a nigga like him, I mean, why would you be one of the biggest rap stars, not only of, of your generation, of the rap industry, period, and you walking around like, fuck these niggas, when in, re- in reality, it could be like, yo, I could actually really help these niggas, or I could just end the beef, and we can make better music, and we can do bigger things, and I don't have to be worried about this shit. That's why I was so happy when him and Chris Brown had, because I'm like, y'all niggas was really beefing over a chick, dog? Like, wh- what are we talking about? I mean, so, I mean, it, it seems to have happened twice in his career. Before we even get into Chris, we got to talk about how the way Drake even... I mean, Drake was exposing things without exposing things, which he is... really, really was. Just, That's kinda, how he do it. And it's kind of how I would do an interview, but he basically was saying... The reason why him and Meek even started beefing was because of Nicki Minaj. Which is crazy. Which was a rumor, but he pretty much confirmed it in that interview. And he basically was saying whatever his lady was putting in his ear. And Nicki must have been saying... The rumor is that Nicki was, was the one making Meek feel like Drake didn't fuck with him. So making it seem like... Oh, Drake is not jumping on your record because he think he better than you. Yeah, because Drake said that there was a show that he said he felt like amplified the whole thing where he didn't show up in Philly. He couldn't show up to the... And I was like, 
in my head, I was like, it's got to be more than that. It, nigga, that's one show. Nick, so the, the rumor is Nicki was the one putting in that's Meek's wild. ear. Yo, Drake don't really fuck with you like that. It ain't even that type of party between the two of y'all. Da, 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 da. And that's why Meek kept feeling like, yo, you really trying to play me? Like, I'm asking you to jump on records. You getting another nigga to write it. You not even writing it. I ask you to come out. You don't come out. So part of it was listening to his girl instead of, I guess, having a candid conversation with his boy. This is a sidebar, and then we jump straight back into it. Taraji P. Henson definitely just did an article with, with this magazine publication, and she talks about why it's not important to really listen to your friends when you're in a relationship that you're really trying to build. And one of the things that she was saying was, yo, people will really plant seeds of terror right there, like thinking that the best interest is quote unquote protected is at heart. Not really. They like, yo, they're trying to start some shit that's, we don't know how it's going to end, but the shit could end bad. Cause even Drake said the shit with him and me could have ended bad. He said Meek is a real street nigga. Yeah. But that came from, that came from his relationship. That's though. what I'm saying. That's wild though, bro. I see. I never that's agree crazy. with this. Cause a lot of people be like, yo, don't listen to other people because they don't know what's going on with the relationship. And it's like, to some extent, yes, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. But to another extent, when some, when you're right in front of something, you can't see it clearly. True. Same thing is with a relationship. When you're in the midst of yeah, a relationship, yeah, you can't, see, you all can't see all the things that other people are seeing where it's right, like, that's outside, not yeah. healthy for you right. or that's not working for you. You are unhappy every time I see you. Right. You don't look like you're having a good time in this relationship. So me telling you, yo... I think this person ain't for you or I'm telling you about the things that I'm seeing half the time. If I'm keeping it a buck and I'm your friend, mm -hmm. I'm only telling you 2% or maybe 10% of what I actually want to say. Cause about, you're not really trying to hurt a nigga. No, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. And At the I'm, same time, you are just trying to put some little like, yo, think about this as I'm saying it though. Yeah, exactly. Think about it, bro. I need you to think right. about this because yeah, what yeah. I'm seeing, right. like, I could see there being a scenario. I can't think right now if I've been in one, but where I know Shorty's cheating, I'm. I don't want to be the one to come out and be like, "Yo, your girl cheating on you." Because at the end of the day, I still believe if you put yourself in the middle of a relationship and they get back together, you now become the enemy. Whether it is she look at you differently now and she can't be That's your a friend, fact, bro. or if your nigga looking at you weird now because they feel some type of the way, because the nigga looking at you like nigga, why the. Why you say something? Yeah, nigga might get fall back, get pussy whipped, fall back in love, and be like, you know, nah, I can't even fuck with you now because shit, yeah, she don't want me. She don't want me around you. But this scenario you're talking about is the same reason why niggas don't jump in or want to jump in people's domestic situations when it happens in public. Niggas don't want to jump into a situation where they see a nigga fucking with his chick, and we we don't know the dynamic. We just looking at it. You jump in it, and then you find out, no, they, nigga, they getting back together the same day, nigga. I'm going to keep it a stack with you, and we might get killed for this, but I've had too many of my female friends tell me they like that shit. They like the aggressive, when a nigga get aggressive with them, they like this, they like that, to the point of, Something like that happens, and now you thinking you want to jump in to, you know, help your friend out, and then you find out, like you said, a day later after they got into a physical altercation, they back together. 
And now as an adult, I mean, as a child and as a teenager, you're always taught. Like, yo, that's a negative. That's a bad. And it is. Yeah, you know? my parents ain't always no... told me don't put your hands on nobody. Well, especially. not even. I, I mean, I th- that's obvious. But that if you see it happen, that's bad. You should you oh, should try to help yeah, yeah, in yeah. whatever way you can. My parents never told me that. But <laughs> now it's it's so blurry and gray for certain situations. Bro, we seen some shit the other day. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that shit. Nigga, that was wild to watch. Yeah, and it was great. I didn't know what the fuck to do. We didn't, nigga, we was both looking at each other like, yo, so. So we we at Shake Shack after a basketball game that we went to go see. That shit was crazy. And there's a girl getting into a cab. And this random nigga come up to the cab, goes in the cab. Next thing I know, the nigga come out with a shoe. So we looking like the fuck. So the girl is trying to tell the cab to, uh, well, no, she doesn't tell the cab to pull off. She just sits there and she comes out. She looks out. The nigga got her shoe. The nigga keeps yelling like for her to get out the car. So now we all about to squat yeah, up. Yeah, it's pretty tense. And yeah, right. now we looking right. at through the shake shot. We're with, with some of our female friends and yeah, a couple male friends, a couple right. male friends, more male niggas on deck. So <laughs> we all looking like, about yo, what, what's it about? This? We literally sitting there like. All of us sitting in there like, yo, really don't want to have to fuck somebody up tonight, but we will. But we was ready. So we looking. Now it seems like Shorty's intoxicated. Now it's really looking tense because we like, yo, he is he trying to do some some watch shit? Like, then it seems like she don't want the cab to pull off. Right. So now we confuse. At least I started to get confused because if the nigga's bugging out. I don't care if, if he took a shoe or not. I'm getting the fuck up out of here. So now I'm confused. Yeah, like, I would have left the shoe. So I'm like, yo, is is this just a bad argument? Regardless, it's bad. But is this just a bad argument? Now we jump in too soon. Mm-hmm. Now we getting arrested or she want to get tight because mm-hmm. we didn't fuck the nigga up. So what do we do? So we watching, we watching. She get out the cab now. Cab driver's like, all right, fuck it. He drive yeah, off. Yeah, he drove off. So now they on she's, foot. <laughs> she's there. One of our homegirls is outside chilling. Watching. So, <laughs> you know, we I knew at least in my mind, I was like, if if a, a fucking sweat drop go her way, now I'm Superman punching a nigga out the left. Like, right. so we all watching. Then it seemed like they having a conversation. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, yo, what do we do? So another nigga crossed the street. Random nigga across the street. And I thought that he was their friend, right, but I, Saber, huh? I'm assuming he was a he, he, he didn't he was know a bystander her. looking out. I wouldn't even call him a Captain Saver Ho in this moment because <laughs> she didn't need to be saved. I don't know what the fuck this nigga was doing. So don't save her. <laughs> she ain't want to be saved. But dude came over, <laughs> Got and involved. I guess he he didn't know either one of them. But it looked like they was friends, and he like spoke to the dude and then the dude I guess threw the shoe and tried to walk away. It right. just was all confusing, right. bro. And the so, shorty was basically yelling at the dude now in front of her like, "Yeah, he's crazy. I don't even know him." Yeah, then she said, "I don't even know him." I was like, "Wait, you don't even know this man?" All right, so something's wrong. Something was confusing cuz so we just had to exit that. Cuz if she didn't really know him, right. then she would have been fighting that nigga the That's way the, he was acting. But bro, or screaming for help or something. We know too many chicks that would have been scrapping with that nigga. Scrapping or, or screaming Early. for help. Early. But screaming maybe for because help. she was intoxicated, she didn't know what the fuck was going on. I don't I, know. I don't know, son. But, but again, it's like it's hard to, it's hard this day and it's age. Really, it's really hard to decide. Or at that least shit. it feels hard, you know, and, and women out there, you could definitely fucking scream our head off, tell us what we were supposed to do in that moment. 
But sometimes it feels like it's hard to know what the right move is solely because some people don't want to be saved. And it's like that J. Cole record is real. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. It's not that your moral obligation isn't to save her. Right. But the fact of the matter is she literally does not want to be saved. And that's not this particular story that we just spoke about. Right. But there have been situations where I've given the best advice. I've almost had to go to blows with a nigga that I don't even know because I'm being told homie is stalking, homie doing this, homie doing that. Come to find out, months later, I find out she was the one that was kind of egging him to do those things. And that's real shit. I'm not exaggerating. I find out months later, the quote-unquote person who's doing all this stuff is actually being hit up in the middle of the night, being told, oh, I'm doing, I want to do this to you, or I'm still da-da-da-da. And he's not stalking you. Or he might be stalking you. It might be both things happening. But you also opening the door for him to be in your life in a particular yeah. way that you're telling other people you don't want. And if that's really the and case. you're getting other niggas involved that may actually lose their life. Right. I could get hurt thinking, oh, this nigga's stalking. He wilding out. out. right. Not knowing a day before you just text him telling him how much you love him. How much you want to be with him and work How much you want to be with him. But you telling me he's stalking you. So now I get involved. I'm going to scraps. This nigga got a gun or a knife and, and I get shot it. or stabbed. All because you not you didn't keep it a buck. And in actuality, you're telling him certain things because you like to see his aggressive side. And that goes back to another story I had where Chicks ain't shit, a shorty told her quote unquote ex at the time. That me and her kissed, and the nigga was all up in my inbox. But that was supposed to be your ex. Why would you? Why? What obligation do you have what to him? What the fuck is wrong with y'all, man? God so damn, I'm just saying because I don't want it to to sound like I'm I'm bashing or or going against people who are actual victims because I'm always here for the person that's in trouble. You you already know that, right? But it does sometimes it is a gray area. And um, that can go also to the gray area between Drake and Rihanna, which right. she kind of spoke about, and the issue that caused with Chris. Yeah, so I think one of the realest things that he said, and also one of the realizations I realized is that a lot of times we allow, as men, men who identify as straight, we allow women... Or we put in our head the woman to be in a different type of, and I feel like I learned this a lot last year coming into this year. We put the women, we put the women or the woman that we want on this type of pedestal, and we really don't see like putting her so high or putting her sometimes before us devalues what the fuck we actually could be doing with somebody else, even if that person was also somebody that tried to get with her too. And that's what the fuck happened with this nigga Drake and Chris Brown, because Drake clearly said. We was arguing over a girl for all these years. We could have been making money, making music, but we literally were so egotistical and getting so caught up in the shit that we missed mad years of making music. Yeah, and I don't, I can't, I don't put that on the woman at all. I put that on both of them. Yeah, that's definitely on for them sure. for sure. I, for I sure, put, just being immature about. But the I whole think situation. that's, I think that's, that's part of it though. That's real life though. A lot yeah. of niggas do it. And I'm not going to say that that Rihanna did this, but it kind of goes back to the story I just told where you don't know what one person is telling the other. 
Yeah, we don't know what conversations Rihanna probably was having with Drake about Chris Brown. We don't or know vice versa. Or vice versa. Or, we don't or know. How they were, it may not even be the conversation. It may not even be her. It may be how they internalized certain conversations. How they took it, right. So it could be like, Rihanna's like, yo, I love making music with Drake. And Chris sitting there like, Damn, what? Yeah. What the fuck you mean you love? You know, because we know Chris is a, a high head. Yeah, he's definitely a high or, head. Or be like, Drake be like, yo, where you at? And she's like, I'm with Chris. And Drake being like, but that's the nigga that you had that situation with. And so these are the, literally how these things were. Trips like, that you plan for the next whole week. Now Drake is like, yo, I don't want to fuck with this nigga. Like, and, and maybe she might be like, yo, we just had an argument. Yo, I, yo, why'd you go there in the first? Like, these are conversations that I'm sure popped up along the, you know the road hate, of that. You know what I hate, though, when shit like that happens, bro? If the chick really is like on some stupid shit, she'll just be like this. Oh, word, Drake, that's how you feel? Chris, look what this nigga saying about you. Chicks be doing some wild shit. I know what happens, bro. I've I'm been sure, in them I'm situations, sure. kid. I've seen it too. I'm like, yo, what are you, yo, you're in, you, you adding more fire to this shit if, right now. If, if, if you're, if you ever show me somebody else's text message, you really don't, I, I can't fuck with you. Yeah, be, it, it, I, if you also tell me shit about your man and you know that at some point or you know in that moment that I like you and I'm not trying to break y'all up but at the same time you're leaning on me you're leaning on my ear telling me and you're showing me shit and you're telling me this nigga ain't shit this nigga ain't got nothing but you're asking me for shit that he possibly could be helping you get or do that lets me know that if you don't respect that nigga there's no way you get with me you gonna or be you're trying to me. you're trying to lower my barriers so that I don't feel guilty about trying to smash I had that happen to me I had a married woman tell me, yo, person I'm with, he's abusive, he's doing this, he's doing that, da-da-da-da. And, and I, again, I'm not saying that those things didn't happen. I'm sure right. that they did, and that's super unfortunate. Mad unfortunate. Um, we, but, don't, we don't advocate that. Yeah, but I, I do feel like she had an agenda also by telling me those things because she knew I wasn't trying to deal with no married woman. But by telling me those things, it now devalues whatever it was. Like, this ain't no real shit. It wasn't only that. It was like, yo, I'm only with this nigga because I need a green card. So you're telling me, you're basically telling me this isn't a real relationship. Or at least you want me to perceive it as not being a real relationship. And so by doing that, now you open the door for some shit to go down. And, you know, I ain't going to tell you how that story ended, but... <laughs> that that does happen. It That's a real it thing, is, right? But like for sure, if you a friend and you should, yo, look what my nigga, look, look what this nigga just said about you, or you're a girl of, uh, that I'm interested in, and you like, yo, look what this nigga just said about you. I don't know if I could trust you because you're gonna do me. the same thing to me when shit. I'm not there. It's gonna be ten times worse when I'm not there. You're doing the same shit. It's gonna be ten times worse. Drake talked a lot about to people wanting to see you for. Why is it that when you get to a certain level, people really do want to see you fall, bro? Why? People love... I don't get that shit. I think people... I mean, people love the underdog story. Who, who but don't I, love the underdog, though? I think, I think people also love just saying that they were there first. And I think we're in this era now where people want to be the first to call... To call you falling before it happens and people also want to be the first to be able to say 
some silly shit about you or, or get the joke off. And that's one thing that Drake did Drake say. Drake definitely talked and about And I that, agree right? with that. I agree with that. Within this this generation. This, yeah, they always want to get the jokes off. Somebody somebody want to be the first to say something they funny. They want to put the trash cans there, kill your whole shit the first day. Yeah. Just to, just to say that they were the first to right. call this thing negative in case it is a flop or in case it is right. something that not everybody fucks with. Right. I feel like people just want to be the first to do it. Like, yeah. just in their nature. Oh, this nigga... This shit trash. Didn't listen to 30 seconds of the song. You didn't even right. hear the song. This shit garbage. I try to listen to a song three times before I'm like, I don't fuck with it. Right. Like, I don't like it. Because you're listening to it three different ears, three different ways. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I was too hype about the track. A lot of times what happens, new music drops on Friday. I rush to listen to it. And sometimes it'll hit automatically. And I'm like, sometimes, yo, this joint. Yeah. And then sometimes I got to be like, uh, I didn't really like it. Let me try again the next day. Listen to it again. I might hear something that I like. I might hear something and be like, I got to listen to it again. And then the third time, if I'm like, nah, I'm paying attention to this shit. I don't like it. Then that's that. But a lot of people, they listen to 10 seconds, two seconds, five seconds of the song. First thing they do, they want to be the first thing on Shade Room or they want to be the first one on on Baller Alert to say, this shit trash, garbage. Why y'all even putting this up? Why y'all even posting this? Like, And I just think that that's the generation we're in where people want to do that and they only want to ride with you when they can say they were the first to jump on your bandwagon. Once it gets mainstream and everybody loved the shit, now it's time for them to act like, oh, nah, he fell off. They want to be the first to say this nigga fell off all the time. Whenever you at the top, they want to see when you fell off. So, I don't know. Shit is, shit is corny to me. Um, we, already, we already jumped. We, we, we touched on it and we could just go straight to the Wayne shit. Do you feel like Drake culture vultured? His entire 10, 10 year rap run so far nah. in terms of song appropriation. I feel that like that was a big thing on that interview. I was like, interesting. I feel like people don't understand the true meaning of appropriation. That's what yeah, I. Yeah, and he definitely broke that down. And I think a lot of times people just want to use the new word of the the, the year, right? Like toxic, like toxic, right. and we killed that shit last killed time. Killed that shit. But appropriation has to do with taking something and exploiting that particular culture. Like, it it will, I'm taking something from you, I'm not giving you the credit, and I'm saying that I created it, or that it's mine, or I've been belittling your culture for doing this for X amount of time, X amount of years, but now that I do it, I'm saying it's the greatest thing ever, and it's X, Y, and Z. For instance, Little Kim, not Little Kim, my fault, Kim Kardashian, and the Boxer Braids. They have been black women. Black men who have been denied employment, who have been called thugs, who have been arrested and or put in jail solely because they wanted to wear cornrows. Kim Kardashian puts them in her hair. All the fashion blogs go crazy. All the flat fashion magazines want to do an interview and they want to know what's this new style. What fucking new style? And then they call it boxer braids. And now it's the rave for... Three months until black women said, nah, fuck that. We cutting y'all shit down because what are you doing? We've been doing braids for forever. And when we do it, forever, we're, we're called all these things or told we can't work in this, that, and the third. A nigga so, that got braids in his head to me is just as regular as a nigga talking about he about to get some fucking bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Bro, the funny <laughs> part is that ass. there's an organization that I work with and one of the top people in the organization is a white guy with dreads. And the funny part about it is you don't see not one black man there with dreads. But he gets away with wearing dreads 
Nobody probably said anything. He probably went to his interview, dreads flowing and shit. Nobody said anything. Let a black man have done that shit, and it's unprofessional. So, like, that's what people are talking about when they mean appropriation. What Drake does, I feel like Drake always gives credit. Always gives credit. I feel like Drake I, always says where he got the sound from. Yeah. It's not like he said, yo, I created, you know, this sound when I he put out one dance. It, it's not right. like he said, yeah, this is my new sound. Right. Like, he put out a new song, and he always says, I was influenced by... He I always, fuck with Popcorn. He always says that. So I was influenced. I didn't even know Popcorn was signed over your fucking rate. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, shit. Popcorn fuck with Drake. Okay. And this has been something in the making for a long time. Long time, right. So when people was killing him about One Dance and um the other shit that he did. Controller. Controller. I was dying. And, like, and, and I was like, but he been fucking with Jamaican since. Um, I think Beanie Man also added to the fire. And that's what he was alluding to in that interview where he was like, but people try to feed the blogs because I think Beanie Man had did an interview and I might be wrong, but Beanie, somebody in the community that was a big name right. went and started doing interviews basically saying, oh, Drake is appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he, 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 he didn't say the artist's name. He didn't give the, uh, the, the, whoever the Caribbean artist was, but he definitely was like, yeah, this person just went on a rampage in interviews and was like, yeah, this nigga Drake X, Y, and Z. And he's looking around like, but I always give you that sector and culture of music credit. And Why I think there was a little now? bit of a beef regarding the fact that Drake was using the Popcorn version for radio. And not the Beanie Man version. And not the Beanie yeah, Man version. The Beanie Man version was, that was on the album, right? On the album. But the Popcorn shit, you heard that shit everywhere. I actually Pop- thought it was a Popcorn record because Popcorn opens it up. And I'm like, oh, this shit sound fire on the radio. Yeah, Popcorn, he, um, that, I, 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 I like the Popcorn version over like the Beanie, Beanie Man shit too, but Beanie Man shit, first of all, Beanie Man shit is a sample from an old Beanie Man song, from right. what I learned. So right. I'm like, Beanie Man not even really on the record, but it's good to have a legend on your shit on the album. Nigga, you're on the album, bro. Hold that L, Beanie. So, and Beanie, we know he got paid for that. And so I'm not too sure if that was, and I think on that album, he wasn't putting... He wasn't putting like everybody who's featured. No, he didn't do it on the album. Not and that was views. He didn't do that on. Yeah, and so some people had issue with that. Like, why didn't you credit? Why didn't you put? But now you realize that's the wave with a lot of new that's artists. Really the wave. What now, they son. do, they yeah. they put it and they don't want you to know who's on it as yep. a surprise. Yeah. So, but I like that more, nigga. Yeah, you find out. You're like, what, what the fuck? Hey. Oh, that's that Meg. Whoa, that that Nick, nigga Nicky. Oh shit. Chance the rapper did that on the big day. He didn't put not one name. You had yeah. to find out by listening to the record who was on it. Probably that's why he didn't have a big day. Yeah. And he knew what time it was on the big day. That's why he probably did that shit in the first place. Nigga. But yeah, I think people just don't know what appropriation is. They want to throw the word around. And Drake, unfortunately, is the punching bag for that. I don't really see any clear evidence of him appropriating certain cultures. Um, there's a difference between being inspired by a culture mm-hmm. and wanting to use that influence within what you're doing and appropriating them, taking a shit and making it seem like it's yours. So that's a big fact. Um, let's talk about the 60 seconds advancement in medicine that happened right before the new year, which I think they did on purpose. So 60 seconds did a documentary that basically, or they did an episode rather where they wanted to talk about the advancements in medicine. And I don't, yo, I have to say there was some divinity in me coming across this. So I normally watch uh, politics all day long and I was bored of the politics. I was sitting at home and something just told me, 
hmm, let me go. Oh, I think football was on the channels. And I was like, I wonder who's playing. I wonder what games are on. So normally when I do that, I start at channel two, go to like channel seven to see, because they, they're normally on different channels. They're on five, four, three, et cetera. But so I went and I ended up on 60 seconds and the title just said advancements in medicine. And something told me, I was like, they're going to be talking about sickle cell. It was not in the, it was not in the little preview bar. It was, I just knew they were talking about sickle cell. And sure enough, when the moderator came on, it was like advancements in medicine regarding sickle cell disease. And I was just like, I don't know how I knew that was going to be the case. Right. So one of the big things, as you know, I have sickle cell. And one of the ways that they treat sickle cell and, and quote unquote cure it is through bone marrow transplants at this particular moment in time. Now, the issue with bone marrow transplants are you have to have a match with somebody within your family. Typically, you have to have a sibling that you match with because the genes uh, are so closely aligned that when you do the transfusion of bone marrow, your body, one, takes to it better, and your body will accept it and not reject it and all those things. Um, However, most people with sickle cell only have like an 18% chance of matching with somebody in their family. Mm -hmm. The new cure that they've been testing... And they've done on 16 different people, and so far they haven't seen any negative results from the 16. Is now this might sound crazy, but they take the HIV virus, they take out the part of the virus that is detrimental to the body that causes the deficiency in the immune system. They remove they remove that strand out of the virus and they replace it with whatever the proper coding is for sickle cell. So when it comes to sickle cell, the reason why that disease exists is because in your genetic code, the T and the A are flipped. They're on the wrong side. The reason why that became a a genetic mutation is in response to malaria. Mm-hmm. So the belief is that in response to malaria, the body mutated and this gene, uh, this gene progression that probably would have normally died out became something that survived because it fought off malaria well, and people were able to live in areas where malaria was really persistent because they weren't contracting the disease while everybody else was dying out. And that's the birth of sickle cell. Now, with that, there's just one gene that's not where it's supposed to be, or one, I guess... Not the gene, but the genetic coding is off. And I think it's an A and a T that need to be flipped. And so with that switch, your cells come out sickle. They clog up. They cause extreme pain. And in in some cases, they cause failure Mm -hmm. in particular body parts and then ultimately death. A lot of people end up dying from the disease. So they're they're using the HIV um, virus to put the proper coding in it because HIV has a way of mutating cells. And whatever the strand is that they inject into the cell ends up changing that cell for life. And that's how the immune system gets dampered by the HIV virus is because the negative infection that they put into the cell changes it, mutates it, and now your immune system gets fucked up. Mm. So it's the reverse. They're putting the proper coding in and then now your cells end up switching 
and being mutated to a point where they're producing the proper coding and they no longer get sickled. Um, and that's the advancement that they're working on. It's super new, um, but it's exciting because it also, I personally feel like they're using sickle cell because sickle cell on, in America only affects 100,000 people. And if they can do this genetic mutation or genetic manipulation and cure sickle cell, it opens the door for all the other genetic mutations that exist. So anything else that deals with a genetic code, misplacement, um, that might affect more people Mm -hmm. or might affect white people, um, they're using this one as the first of the trial. That's the conspiracy theory aspect of it. But in totality, it's just an overall good thing. Mm. Um, It's just too soon to figure out the long-term effects, especially in terms of using HIV virus. They're saying that it's harmless without the code that they end up taking out of it. But, you know, you they typically say you need to see something for 10 years in order to see what effects may come from it. So gotcha. that's really what it is. Speaking about effects, um, what the fuck happened with this young lady, man? On the train. I don't there's there's a there's a lot of mixed reviews, but I didn't know I knew so much people that actually knew this motherfucker. Personally. Which one? Sonny or or the chick? The dude. Oh, a lot of niggas know him personally. Yeah, niggas that I know personally. And I'm just What like, are they saying about him? Basically, according to my Facebook and according to side conversations that I've been having with people, this dude is very big in the music industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of photos of him have been circling. And I actually feel like I met him before on some shit when, when I was younger. So I'm mm-hmm. looking around like... So, long story short... The general consensus is he fell on hard times and mm-hmm. he was under the influence. Then another narrative that I've been hearing is that he was trying to save her. And that part, I don't believe. That's what he's saying. Right. That's supposedly. What, yeah, I, I don't believe that. nigga. And then the other part, too, is um, it appeared that her and the dude that she was sleeping on was homeless. That's what it looked like to me. I but, was so confused by that right, video. But But when the dude picked her up, one of the comments I saw on Facebook is, so where's the other part of the video prior to him sitting down or how long was the guy recording? I feel like a lot of people want to know what that other part looks like because we don't know if he was, quote unquote, trying to save her. But at the same time, he didn't run all the way off the platform with her. He literally stood on a platform, well, sat in the platform. And when he took her up, remember, nigga, he threw her on the seat and then sat behind her. Well, it looked to me it looked like he was sitting on her. Yeah, it looked like he was sitting on her, but she was definitely behind him. And he didn't move. And then she's yelling, 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 oh my God, niggas try to take me, niggas try to take me. I'm just like, but even when the dude with no fucking sneakers on got up, I thought he was about to scrap with him. Nothing happened. He just went back on the train. I mean, for me, so confused. my only thing that I'm like really confused about, um I'm confused. I'm confused about the recording. The only thing that's not sitting well with me and I just need a little bit more clarity for because I don't want to make it... I don't want the narrative to be that I don't support what's being said. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to what the young lady said happened, mm-hmm. okay, that that's what I saw and that's what I believe. Like I did see him grab her and regardless of his, in- his quote-unquote intention, that shit ain't look kosher at all. Like right. that shit ain't look good at all. You grabbed her, you took her off the train and you threw her on the bench and you, it wasn't until niggas started getting up and stuff that you just let her up because you looked like you was holding her for a moment. Right. So that whole shit just looked crazy. 
Um, but there's so many narratives that we need to speak about regarding the situation. One, I have no idea why that nigga was recording that scenario in the first place. Yeah, bro. So I'm like, yeah. I do need clarity as to why the camera was on. Yo. And unfortunately, in this day and age, there's too many people that set up scenarios. We just saw the shorty set up her own kidnapping. So you can't fault people for being curious. And both of these things happened in the Bronx, and you believe that bitch. So you can't you can't fault you can't fault people for being curious as to why a camera was on that particular what happened that made that person feel like they had to take out their camera. Mm-hmm. Two, why didn't that person stop that situation? If you realizing this nigga's fucking with these people and they sleep, mm-hmm. why was the first thing instance pull out the camera and not like, yo, my nigga, what the fuck you doing? Or right. what are you saying? Okay, cool. May not there may not be an answer there. Cool. Don't understand it. And then it's like, are they homeless? Are they not? What happened? Like, cause homie clearly ain't had no shoes on. Clearly had no shoes Why on. Why is Shorty laying on him? Like, it is a lot of confusion there. Um, and then the whole him running off with her. But for me, the only thing that I can really conclude is that everybody there looked like they was on something. Everybody there was on something. And that he he should have never touched her. Should've, so yeah, he should have never touched her. And they beat his ass. I was about to say he got that next video though, got They beat. they beat his ass. And I'm not mad at that. No, I'm not mad at that either. I'm not mad at that. And it's crazy cause the cause now the news said that the cops are looking into everybody who didn't. I'm just like, why? These niggas is the heroes of the hood. I what mean, are you talking about? Because they don't want that to be the norm. But they didn't want, but but also too, uh, a lot of people said those dudes should have covered their face. But I'm like, nah, these niggas want niggas to know, yo. We pop yeah, they want to know they popped up. Nigga, we going to pop But they don't want that site. to be the norm because if that man didn't do it, now you, you didn't beat up an innocent nigga off of social media. But that looked like the nigga. It did, but I when I saw I couldn't distinguish. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't tell. Like when they tried to do the face, the face by face, I was like, right. This, the the picture they was using was a nigga with a full beard and this nigga and I'm like I'm confused I don't know if that's him or not I can't tell but that that's true. the fear though imagine imagine that was a picture of you my nigga yeah. and it wasn't you that and did it wasn't it. me but it was a nigga that looked identically and, just like me and then you slightly. get surrounded by, by a bunch s- of niggas and they beat your ass so I, that's the fear that's why the cops don't want that of course us we like okay that's the right person. They beat right. his ass. Great. Let him rock. Niggas is happy. Yeah, let it rock. Like, right. Let it rock. Let let that nigga get rock. Come on. Yeah, but come on. So you wanted to talk about the uh, transparency and and dating. Yeah. So how honest, bro? If you're like five or six years older than, let's say you're already in your thirties or you about to get to your thirties, and shorty you're dealing with is early twenties, about to be mid twenty. How transparent and honest do you have to be? I mean, I don't think age matters. I think transparency always should be the case. Okay. Me personally. Okay. But how but how how important is it to just tell the truth? Like, are we like, am I reaching if I say I'm about to be in my 30s and if I go out on a date or if I'm dating and Shorty is asking me certain questions, do I lie on certain questions or do I just keep it a hundred on everything? Honestly, bro, for me, I think Honesty is always the best policy. It's just about discretion. Okay. So not everything needs to be disclosed, but the important things do need to be disclosed. So what are some of the important things? Especially, I, especially on a first date. So, uh, well, first, I think first date, you got to let Shorty know. You got It all depends on how the moment is unfolding. Okay. What, that's the first impression. What right? questions she's bringing up 
what questions she's asking you, what you're willing to answer, etc. Let's say the first date, Shorty's bringing up a lot of relation. No questions. A lot of relationship questions. So that's happening to me too. Right. No, and for a lot of, of times, like, if th- that's the space I'm in, I will let them know, like, yo, I'm dating. That's normally how I put it. Okay. I'm dating. So, like, I'm seeing different people. I'm seeing other people besides or you. Or there, it may not even be that I'm seeing different people, but there's the potential that I can see other people. And I want you to be aware of that fact because if that's going to change how you are going to perceive this situation then let me know but i feel like though on the first date especially if you two established prior that you guys are just talking to each other i don't even think that should be brought up because if you guys are just talking to each other and there's no real like nobody's trying to say i'm dating you today because i really feel like there can be a future with us i've never said no shit like that on a first date however i'm feeling like more and more as i get older you, a nigga might want to put that out there like, hey, listen, I'm actually not really trying to, quote unquote, see if there's a future with me and you right this second. I'm actually just trying to get to know you. But there are the people that I am talking to besides yo. I think, see, the problem I have with just coming out like that is it can cause an unnecessary friction or rigidness. This is that's true. Unnec- like, there's some people... If that's not on my mind, I'm not bringing it up. I'm not just going to bring that up just because of the fear that you might be thinking that. Right. If that's what you're thinking, then you bring that up to me and then we can have the conversation. And if it's established that, yo, we're just talking or, you know, this is our first time figuring out if we're even compatible, even as shit people go out with. Like, I may, this may be our first time going out and I got to see if, if we can do that. Um, And so... Like I might be doing that for the first time, right? And it might work. It might not. The the uh, the question that was I saw a question on Facebook that was asked, and the question was, um, "Come around and caught you." One second. Yeah the 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 question that was asked by a um. The question that was asked by a young lady on social media the other day was, um, the, the question that was asked was, um, um, the question that was asked by this young lady, uh, she put on social media, what's the most important question to be asked on the first date? Mm, that's a good question. And somebody wrote therapy. Do you go through it? Do you go to therapy, or, or or have you gone to a therapist? I wouldn't ask that. On I was day. like, no, 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 no. I'm lying. I'm lying. That was. She said, "What's the most important question to ask on a date?" And ah. yeah, she said, "What's the most important question to ask on a date?" So not even just the first date. I feel like. Depending on how you feel about said individual, that will now in like invigorate you to ask the real like because if you're gonna ask questions like me personally, I feel like this may be a regular question to some people, but not really. If I'm in my 30s and we're on a date and you ask me where do I see myself in five years, you're possibly really want to know where I see myself in five years. That's not a regular you're trying to see if you either fit in there or if you are going to hear from me, okay, sound like he about to get his shit together or he has his shit together, he has a plan. Yeah, every one of those right. situations is trying to Especially figure out Especially questions like you. that, right. But also feel like 
if this question gets asked, which is the next one, and the person looks at you crazy, they're looking at you crazy because they need to just say straight up, if we're going to date, nigga, we got to date exclusively. Yeah. And I feel like some people, that's a question that needs to be asked on a date. I don't know if, the, if it's the first date or the second date, but that at some point, in, because I don't want to be on a date and this person thinks that because we're on a date, that after this date, we go out again and we go out again, that I'm actually going to end up with you. If you're not asking me a question or I'm not asking you a question that will allude to the fact that I actually really want to be with just you, don't assume that if I'm taking you out on a date. Right. Don't assume because we're spending money with you. And I'm going to take it a step further because what I'm learning is this might be the norm, I guess. If the first date or the second date or the third date end up in a situation where it's a whole bunch of sexapades, if it still hasn't been said, if you and this person are an item or official, just because y'all doing all this shit together traveling, that still don't mean that this person want to be with you. A lot of people are doing that these days. I think just like, I, don't I know. think as we grow as people in a society and as we I know as we become older, we realize that there are more options than A and B. And that can go with a lot of different things, right? So we talk about a plethora of things that are not black and white. Nope. And I think we've realized that dating is one of those things where you meet somebody, you're attracted to them. Just because I'm attracted to you does not mean I know who you are. If I'm attracted to you, that doesn't mean I want to be in a relationship with you. And that may mean something about you or that may mean something about me. I might not be in a space where I feel like I can be the best person for you to be in a relationship with you. Whether it means I don't have my money up that way or I don't perceive myself in a way that I perceive what I should be like to be in a relationship, whatever it is. Or it might be that I've seen something about you that I need to figure out. You didn't did something crazy one time, and I'm like, do I really want to deal with right, that? I really want to deal with that. Right. A one time situation. You know, so you talk to somebody for a while, then you make a decision to date them, meaning that you're trying to get to know them. You want to know them on a deeper level than we just going out all the time. Maybe you invite them into your house, besides for a, a back blowout right, session. Right, right, Maybe right. you invite them in to just lay with them and just watch TV and talk. Right. That's to me part of. Sidebar, if you smell it, bro, I'm sorry. Snicker. Um, <laughs> and then if you like that little right. you know process then you end up going into all right we in a relationship and normally that means exclusive sometimes if you have a conversation that could mean poly right we, whatever you decide but whatever that relationship is you now enter into that and for me a relationship phase always means that i am building towards marriage or i'm building towards being with you for a long period long of time. term right now yeah. What does that now, what does that say about, because this is the part that I'm very open about and real about, but it's like sometimes the truth, the truth hurt and it hit different. If you on a date with Shorty and Shorty asks you, so, you know, not even the body count, because I feel like that's like, come on now, how, how old are we? If Shorty's asking you, are you having sex with other women, women, what do you say in that instance? I've never really, really been say? in, and I've probably been in that like a rarity of times. Mm. But first of all, that's nobody's business. This is a fact because this is a date. Like I don't know what's gonna happen after this shit. <laughs> like granted, I think the perception is I'm asking because I want to be safe, 
And that's fine. That's definitely fine. But I mean, for me, I would prefer that you ask me about when's the last time I've been tested or do right. I, you know, know my status regardless or of Or have things. you ever had something, you know what I mean? Even yeah. that is a little touchy yeah, for me. Little touchy. Yeah, like I'm I'm not that direct. I think the the furthest for me is when's the last time you've been tested or have you been tested? Are you aware of anything that you may or may not have? And, and then I can answer you fully. Um, if you ask me about my sexual activities, I don't have a problem telling you. I just feel like sheesh, it just puts us in a weird situation now. Especially if that's on a first date too. Like it's the first date, yeah, and it's like, and we ain't even talk about sex, but we talking about it over food and drinks, bitch. And it's like we could have been had this conversation. Well, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. What are you asking? I normally I would ask you, what are you asking me for? Oh, for me, like that's my first thing. It's like, why are you asking me that? Right. And then depending on your situ- your answer is depending on the answer I'll give you. But mm. for me, for the most part, I kind of feel like that's starting. It's starting to break down the date. What are we on the date right. for? Yeah. yeah are yeah. you are we on a date for you to interrogate me? Or are you on the date so that we can get to know if this is something we want to do again? Because a first date doesn't necessarily mean a second date. Definitely doesn't, bro. So are we, and and I've kind of been in situations where I've been on a first date where it's like, I, this I can't one do and this. one yes. yeah, this, yeah, this ain't it. Right. This, <laughs> this ain't it, chief. Yeah, I ain't seeing this person again. <laughs> right. But I mean, I think those are all good questions. And I think it varies regarding the person and how comfortable that conversation seems. If right. it seems forced. Right. I don't know. Ruins the date. If it seems like it just organically happened. Mm-hmm. I think organic conversations that spring up and those things come up, sure. Right. If it's like force, like you trying to get some type of answer, and if I don't answer the right way, this date is over, or we not gonna, then it's like, nigga, I don't, I'm good. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's time to get the fuck up out of here. Yeah, really quick though, because I don't know nothing about this, but I definitely want to talk about it. Ari Lennox slashes that fan who said that her and Tiana Taylor look like Rottweilers but have sex appeal. God fucking damn, that's savage. Right yeah. Um. Fuck. So I, before I got Shh. on here, I wanted to make sure that I was. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Oh, they wild out. <laughs> before I got on here, I wanted to make sure that I was saying the right thing. Um. Oh now. God. Where I'm confused. Listen, I stand with what Ari is saying, but where I'm confused at is he didn't mention nothing about black women. Really? He just said that Tiana, he he was making a joke, and this is this is the we've been in this we've been in this space for a long period of time. So I don't know why this is so like I don't know what what the backlash towards this individual is um regardless of maybe you didn't like his joke but the nigga said a joke and basically his joke was yo damn tiana taylor taylor and ariana lennox have so much sex appeal but they look like rottweilers and (laughs) take that joke how you want (laughs) oh god but then Ari, ari turned it into this whole thing Black women are the most disrespected, and I get and it. This is what we talked about with the Kevin Hart shit. That one thing, bro. Just but the two just don't correlate. That's my take. Right. The two, the two exist. Yes, black women are disrespected. Yeah, at all time high. Correct. This is not that 
scenario. And this person is a black man. And I know there's black women out here is going to say, well, black men are the number one. But this isn't a... Show me the fucking statistics, But man. this isn't uh, a, a black man versus black woman situation. This right. isn't a black woman situation. This is... The real conversation here is the responsibility and accountability associated with, with social media. Are we going to hold him accountable for saying some mean and nasty on social media uh, because we don't want that to be the space when if you go in the Shade Room comments, they say nasty, wild shit about people all the time. Right. You go on Twitter, if it's someone we don't like, it's okay for us to bombast them and say all these jokes. But if it's someone that we like and we call a darling, now it's a old oh, black women are disrespected thing. I don't think it was a black woman a disrespected point. I think it was a disrespectful comment. And should he have said it? I don't know because we've turned social media into this space where it's okay for people to say the wildest shit ever as long as we don't like that person. But the moment we like them or like if he would have said some shit like that about Kim Kardashian, everybody would have been laughing. Yeah, everybody would have been dying, my nigga. I just saw a nigga post. Uh, they, at, at, at any white woman. I just saw... Jordan, um, what's this chick's name? Shorty that was on Red Table? Yeah. Jordan Woods. Yeah. Jordan Woods posted, uh, they on the Shade Room, they took Jordan Woods' video and showed her shaking her ass for the New Year's or whatever, and niggas was commenting under there, she's built like a Honda Civic. So, <laughs> it's... <laughs> Niggas, niggas, look at social media as a time to be a comedian. Yeah, everybody's a fucking comedian. Now, if he says something specifically about them being black, then I get it. But for me, it's just a matter of we can have a conversation, but the conversation is about accountability towards how you're using your social media, and not so much a a black woman is disrespected, which is a conversation to be had. It Mm. it exists, is real. It's something that we do need to talk about, but this isn't the narrative. This isn't the story that's leading us to that conversation. This is a forced narrative, and everybody just eating it up. What did Tiana Taylor say? Tiana ain't even probably pay that shit no mind. Ari is the only one that responded. Do you feel like Ari responded because she's probably been hearing this a lot, and it's time, and she feels like, oh, right, now it's time to fucking. I think I, I've heard shit about Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor is beautiful, by the way. Fuck all that noise. I think Ari responded because. Ari is emotional. I think she's more inclined to because this isn't the first. Oh, this ain't the first. This isn't the first Twitter rant that she's gone. You remember she went on the Twitter rant after the Soul Train. Oh yeah, she did. So she she's one that takes in that information to feel she got to respond. So I get it. These artists got to calm. And listen, if I woke up every day and I saw a bunch of nasty comments and good comments, that shit will affect your mental health and that shit will affect you as a person. Drake said that. Yeah, so I don't mind the fact that she responded. I just don't want this to become a false narrative about... Because we've been hearing this type of shit for mad fucking long. And it's being used to further divide black men and women. In the words of Charlemagne, it's being weaponized. Yeah, and, and I've been being weaponized. That's what I don't want to see happen is like every time something happened, oh well the black woman this, nobody appreciates. Listen, let's 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 stop with that. Black women are appreciated to the point that they should be no. But they are appreciated. Let's stop pushing this narrative that nobody gives a fuck about the black woman. Because yeah, that's not true. There's a lot of black women that I feel like have this agenda that the black man really is out to get them. The black man don't give a fuck about them. The black man is just using them. The black man ain't shit. The black man is a deadbeat dad. And it's like, damn, son. 
Y'all it's, really pushing this it's shit. It's starting to get to that Crazy, point son. where it's, it's starting to feel like it's a narrative versus what's happening. I'm not saying that it's not. I know plenty of the fuck nigga black dudes. We, we all do. I know plenty of them. So I know that it exists. I know it's real. Um, but I also feel like we never highlight, or if we do, it's just, oh, that's cute. When the black man is actually doing something or is making it seem like it's this scarce thing that only happens every now and then. And it's like, nah, every day I'm seeing niggas go out their way to protect the black woman. Just talked about it earlier where that nigga went dolo to go and see what was up. So it's like, I do feel like we have work to do for sure. Definitely got work But to do. we also, we have to acknowledge the fact that it's happening to some extent and, and highlight those mm. as opposed to keep putting up the negative situation. We know them fuck niggas exist. Mm. Stop giving them niggas the shine and the highlight. You want to see the narrative change, start highlighting the niggas that do it. And I'm going to keep it a stat. Some of y'all be perpetuating the fuck shit by being with or giving shit to. Nigga, that goes without saying, bro. First of to all. To the fuck niggas. First of all, bro, and this, I feel like I'm mentally done with the, the, the good guys finished last shit. It's just, this is what the fuck it comes down to, ladies. Y'all want and expect a lot of shit from men. And I don't necessarily think a lot of men in general really expect a lot from y'all other than to look good, probably cook. Maybe that's like the general consensus. I could be fucking it up. But I think overall, that's the general thing. But when it comes to... That's the sexist thing. But Right. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to niggas, quote unquote, being there, holding it down... I feel like most black women is so quick to be like, niggas ain't shit. I feel like most black women is so quick to be like, he a deadbeat anyway. As soon as shit don't work out in y'all favor, the tables turn real fucking fast. Media creates a story. Somebody sold that shit to a publication. Shit turned into a fucking, ma- uh, a whole magazine company. Magazine company turned the shit into a movie. And then it's this whole big thing. And it's like, damn, son. From one woman scorned hard and scorned emotions Niggas is making millions off of the pain and the hurt. But I think we got to be careful of that narrative, too. Because, again, I think that's the other side of the story. I think that's the black men feel like black women just constantly. And it's a real, that's part of it, too. I mean, I hear a lot of times, but that doesn't, that narrative is real. What they say in terms of niggas ain't shit. It's just we have to get past all of that and leave them. We, we've already acknowledged yeah. it. For the last decade, that's all we acknowledge. Niggas ain't shit. Bitches ain't shit. Right. Stop Dead, fucking with yeah. niggas and bitches. Right, deadbeat shit. Um, this nigga, uh, this nigga don't want to pay child support. Right, but the I, answer is to stop fucking with deadbeat. Stop fucking with niggas and bitches. Yeah. Start fucking with women and men. Stop giving all your energy yeah. to stop somebody. Stop fucking with that type of mentality of person that you've been dealing with for the last 10, 20, 30 decades. Yeah, if you realize this nigga is bringing you more negativity than positivity, if you realize this chick is bringing you more negativity than positivity. It's you at that point. It's definitely you, son. And then you can't keep being... And then if you keep bumping into that same person, mm-hmm. that means you haven't changed something about you. That's a fact. And that's really what it is. Um, so what would dad say? Dad would say, leave all that shit behind. Big facts. Let's move forward. That's it. Yo, listen. Um, The tough knot is, again, uh, happy new year to everybody. Uh, I'm hoping everybody really and truly, not just for the next 10 decades, every time you you know, set out to do something, just know that that shit starts 
and it ends with you. You are responsible for the thoughts that you conjure up. You are responsible for the decisions that you employ. And you are responsible for the actions you take after every time you reacted to whatever it is, the action that caused it. So be mindful of that, man. Um, stay safe. Be blessed. This has been another episode of Dad Has Some Bow Ties. Good night. Peace.